All right, day player 720 WGN. Each November, beer fans line up on Black Friday to secure a bottle of Goose Island's Bourbon County Stout. Stout is aged in bourbon barrels and comes in a traditional Bourbon County Stout variant, as well as a number of special edition variants that are distributed in very limited quantities. Now, joining us to break it all down is the guy that has joined us every year since we've done this. It's my pal Mike Siegel, Senior Innovation Manager for Goose Island. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Has this been almost 10 years, 8 years, I, 10 years? That's something? what I've been telling people. I, I said, I, you know, I've been coming in to see, talk to Dave about Bourbon County Stout for, I think, 10 years, and I don't think that's stretching it out too far. And I would say every year we have special guests in studio, but I think we're savoring this just for us this year. I think so. I think so. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about your background and, and how you got into the beer business. So I've been with Goose Island. First brewery I ever worked at uh, is Goose Island. So I, I actually used to work right across the river here. Uh, at the Equitable Building, uh, uh, NBC Tower, I was in mm-hmm. IT, oh, you're right and there, yeah. like a lot of people in um, in IT or other careers, Made like you drink a lot. We, <laughs> I love beer, uh, <laughs> but you actually see a lot of uh, IT career changers uh, into beer. Uh, something about the technology, the passion translates, and so I went to brewing school and I got a entry level brewing position at Goose Island twelve years ago. And worked my way up and uh, got to do all the different, you know, the brew house, the cellar, filling barrels. I remember I always tell the story that when I started at Goose Island, I was just a beer drinker. Didn't know whiskey at all. Okay. And here I am filling and emptying bourbon barrels for this beautiful beer. And I realized I don't know that much about bourbon, about American whiskey. And so I went on a journey of of education, exploration, and and learning because we talk about the barrel, when we make Bourbon County Stout, and for those that aren't familiar, it's a big, big, big beer. So it's already about 12% alcohol, big, rich, sweet, black beer stout that goes into bourbon barrels for the better part of a year. And bourbon barrels are typically coming from, all ours are typically coming from Kentucky, and which is great. It's a five-hour drive away. But I had to go on this education of like, what's... Is what? it that close, by the way? Yeah, okay, okay. five-hour drive. And right. so that's great for us because by American law, bourbon can only use the barrel once to be called bourbon. Got so it. now they have a lot of barrels that need to go somewhere else. Somewhere, they, yeah. they can't use them again. And so 31 years ago, Greg Hall in, literally invented the style of bourbon barrel-aged stout at Goose Island Clybourne. And... Uh, we went on this journey, both as Goose Island and now as surely as a craft beer industry of aging beer and bourbon barrels. And there's just so much this time of year. There's so much celebration of these types of beers. They're winter warmers. Um, they're just fantastic. But beers. you were really the first. I mean, <laughs> yes, really, Goose Island yes, was the Goose first. Island was no kidding. Yeah, and so as the originators of the style, that's something that we talk about is very much a Chicago product. We talk yeah. about the weather. Yeah, our, yeah. Our, our warehouse is not temperature controlled. So we get the cold, cold months. We get the warm I know months. It's amazing to me that that is really part of the brewing process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the so the beer goes into the barrel. Like I said, the the warehouse where and this is over a, uh, on Sacramento Boulevard uh, in the west side of Chicago. Got this huge warehouse, you know, hundred thousand square feet, aging thousands of barrels, and it gets cold, it gets warm, and that wood expands and contracts, and we get the flavors of the whiskey and American oak coming out mm. through the process, okay. through the time. I mean, it's just time; it takes time. We always say the hardest part is waiting because you got to yeah. wait that year. Sometimes we'll taste some ones that were in the barrel for two years, right? Right, which they age well. They do. They it's do a beer. Well. It's a beer literally designed to age. Most beer, the overwhelming majority of beer, you want to drink fresh. Right. We always talk about like right. drinking that Not beer super one. fresh. Mm-mm. This one, we age it in the barrel. Again, sometimes one year, sometimes two years, depending on the variant that we're doing. 
And when it's released, when it's in the bottle, Black Friday, that beer is great. It's good to go. You don't need to age it any longer. I introduced it to my girlfriend uh, last week. I opened up a 2020 bottle of Proprietors. Oh, my God. It was fabulous. I tasted it today, actually. I, did you really? <laughs> yeah. Well, we just happened to be tasting. Uh, they wanted Somebody wanted to know, like, how's it tasting? Is it still tasting good? Can we still sell it? They had some cases. So we opened it up, tasted it. And we were fully prepared to say if it wasn't tasting yeah, great, we'd say, hey, you know what? We'd let you know. But we tasted it. We were all blown away. Tasted yeah. great. So here's what's funny. So you weren't a bourbon guy at that time when you started. I would say it was probably 2011, 2012. It was my, if I can share the story, it was my grandfather passed away a long time ago, but it was his 100th birthday. So built a bar in the basement in tribute to him. I mean, beautiful bar, logo. We created a logo for him. We got mm-hmm. glasses, all that other stuff. And... I was a beer drinker and I was a kind of a vodka drinker and I was kind of getting bored with the vodka. And mm-hmm. my cousin said, you know, our grandparents drank Manhattans. That's all they drank was, you know, we should do that for the next year. And I remember taking that first sip and being like, oh, wow, wow. Okay. I wasn't really prepared for it. Mm-hmm. I am the bourbon whiskey lover on the planet now. Yeah. And it has been. And I'm really understanding the stories behind all the distilleries. It's just, it's, it's so much tradition. It's yeah. a story of American tradition, you know, bourbon. It's a story of uh, American, our, our native cereal grain, corn. Yeah. You know, there's so many layers to it. And so we get into that. We, we, when we tell stories about this beer, we talk about the history of bourbon and the barrels because we're, you know, they're, their waste product, if you will, those barrels becomes sure. a, a an ingredient for yeah, us. We right. can't make this beer without those barrels. So it's it's really key to the storytelling it because it's so key to the flavor. I'm going to ask you this really quick. When you said you were a beer drinker, what kind of beer did you like? Were you light beer? Were you a darker beer? Originally, like going back to like college days. Old style? Bush? I grew up with my grandfather and father were old style drinkers in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I think there were, you know, it was the beer of Chicago. You yeah. know, all the pub signs, true. a lot of them still exist. In my garage, yes. So I've got fond memories of old style. Um, my my father, uh, after old style, moved on to, I think, Miller Genuine Draft and sure. Miller High Life. He's, a, he's one of those brand loyal drinkers that companies love because he yes. doesn't he doesn't go and, and make a decision on what beer he's going to buy when, when he gets there. Mm-hmm. It's, he just knows exactly what he wants, and it's the same beer every time. So for me, it was, um, I think, like a lot of people, certainly at that, at that point, you know, 25 years ago, was, you know, Budweiser, Rolling Rock. It was American sure. pale lager, light lager. Um, I, I did that for a couple of years until I realized that, you know what, there's, you know, craft beer is really starting to make some movement. Mm-hmm. I had a Goose Island Honkers Ale. I had a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And I realized there's a lot more to beer than, so than these, uh, these big lager brands. And from there, just went on a, on a journey. English ales, uh, then into Belgian beers, Belgian style beers, and, you know, Czech beers and German beers. And really, there's so much history of of brewing and and beer loving of this country. and then eventually I traveled to those countries right, to right. seek out the beers directly because right. you can only get so close by tasting the beers here and at that time import beers you know really highly regarded import beers were very common because there weren't that many breweries here true but then the likes of again the Sierra Nevadas and the Goose Islands and the Brooklyns and the, all these breweries come about in the 80s and in the 90s and now imports aren't really as much of a player at least right you know you've got your Modelo's and you've got certain brands Heineken's that resonate but there's so fewer imports because there's so many American breweries now what happened to Lowenbrow? <laughs> 
Low and brow, yes. <laughs> but, you know, so there's, you know, going back to the whiskey story, it's like I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up in a household that, that drank whiskey. And I so yeah. they, I didn't know anything about it. And here I am going on this journey of like d- just discovery, like starting with Bottle and Bonds. Like what is Bottle and Bond? And, right. you know, the fascinating story behind that and, and just tasting it. And it's a little bit jarring at first when you're used to, you know, I, I, I joked for a while there, I was drinking whiskey at beer pace and I got myself in a lot of trouble. So no, I had to course. just literally just learn <laughs> like, all right, these are, this is a completely different category of beverage yes. that needs to be sipped and savored at a different pace. And so once I figured that out, then I realized, okay, th- this is a different type of occasion for me. And I enjoy it. I don't drink it uh, as much as I drink beer, but I enjoy like sipping on a, on a whiskey, usually neat, um, maybe, you know, as like a nightcap or whatnot. So I would say I was not a dark beer drinker, not a bourbon drinker. I'm in love with this brand, have been for a very long time. And we're going to go through the entire 2023 lineup Next on 720 WGN. Dave Plyer, WGN. All right, Dave Plyer in studio. Mike Siegel, Chief Innovation Guy for Goose Island, talking about this year's Bourbon County Stout releases. So the original is what we have. We have a lineup in front of us. And we're going to explain to you is like what the flavors are and what you smell, what, the, what is the aroma, and then how does it taste. Sometimes it's a little bit different. And um, and how you come to those flavors because it's not easy to get to them, is it? Yeah. So with original, uh, these are first thing to note is that these are uh, just like I mentioned uh, before the break. The sipping on whiskey, uh, you wanna you wanna enjoy these at a slower pace. These mm-hmm. are beers oh, yeah. that are. Uh, 12, 13, 14, 15% alcohol, depending on, we kind of cover that range. As opposed to like three to 4%. Yeah. Is so you're not, you're not getting, you're not getting a pint of this. You're getting maybe an eight, maybe a 10 ounce pour, uh, at a bar. We do sell it in a 500 milliliter bottle that the expectation there is that people are splitting it like yeah, a right. bottle of wine. You would hope. And so just starting there and then serving temperature. Um, I had these. Uh, chilled for a little bit, but I, they haven't been in a refrigerator for the last couple hours um, by design. Like, I really think that uh, not that people are going to drop a, a, a thermometer in them, but like they should be cool to the touch in the glass, not ice cold, because yeah. just the way beer is meant, to, these beers are so full of flavor. So, they're, you know, as, as you look at it, it's a big, it's black. It's the blackest of beers that you'll see. Uh, it's you can kind of swirl it in your glass and see that it's got some viscosity to it. And when you smell it, you smell uh, those black malts represent a lot of flavors and aromas that are familiar to us. So like chocolate, absolutely, coffee, oh yes, you know those things come out. Almond, maybe a little. Yeah, almond, almond yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So the vanilla and the caramel are directly coming from that those bourbon barrels. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that what makes vanilla smell and taste like vanilla, like vanilla ice cream, is a compound called vanillin. It's also found in American white oak, the same barrels that bourbon oh. is aged in. So bourbon picks up all this rich vanilla character, caramel, coconut. But again, it's not like you're putting these ingredients in there. They're coming out of the this wood. This is just, this is the, just yeah. the malt, a little bit of hops, and then aging in time. That almond you note is actually from that. We pick that up over time in the barrel. Wow. And I know this, you know, there's a couple things about all these variants, like the original, you can get them nationwide They're in bottles and on draft. That's not the case for all of them. We'll talk about each of those. Mm-hmm. They're very rare. Uh, there's some only one you can get in Illinois. But these, um, the barrels that you use for this year's um, freshly empty barrels, which I remember that's the phrase you've used for mm-hmm. years. Buffalo Trace, Heaven Hill, Four Roses, Wild Turkey. So you're getting yeah. a variety of yeah, and these are some of you know these are some of the most established producers of in the high you know making the highest quality of bourbon. 
they they all happen to be down in Kentucky where most bourbon is made. Bourbon does not have to be made in Kentucky. It has to be made in the United States. Okay. But yeah, all those all those producers, uh, like Heaven Hill, for instance, makes the number two uh, most popular by volume brand of whiskey called Evan Williams. So they may not know the name Heaven Hill, but they, if you know whiskey, you probably know the name Evan Williams. Elijah Craig yes, absolutely. is another one. Yeah. Uh, some of my favorites. And what do we have coming up next here? Next in the lineup. So a number of years ago, we started uh, going down a path. I mentioned the barrel is an ingredient. It so is. you just mentioned the stories we use. That makes up, that's a blend of barrels, uh, usually four to six-year-old whiskey barrels. And I'm talking about original. Uh, just kind of teeing up this next one. This is our two-year reserve. And it's aged entirely in 10-year-old Eagle Rare barrels. Eagle Rare is a highly coveted whiskey. Used to be able to get it on the shelf pretty commonly, I'd say maybe six, seven years ago. But bourbon is experiencing such a boom and has for this, again, six, seven, eight-year period. Eagle Rare is much tougher to find these days. It's definitely a premium whiskey, 10-year-old barrel. So instead of that four to six, like we're talking about with original, we're talking about an older whiskey, an older whiskey barrel. You start to get, I start to get more of those kind of heightened cherry notes to come out of it. We age this for two years, so twice as long as original. And so from that, you get more contact with the barrel. You also, for me, I get more chocolate. I get those almond notes are more developed. Everything is stronger. And then those dried fruits notes, those like that, like dried black mission fig really resonates for me. So the nuttiness, the chocolate, the dried fruit, and just working with one of the more traditional and, and uh, more well-rooted bourbon brands out there with Eagle Rare. And again, available in, in bottles, but these are the ones that are a little bit more rare to find. Yeah, yeah. The you can only get so many of these barrels at a time. We're working with brokers. Um, we're filling barrels about nine months of the year, so we're, we're a big production, and so we're we're constantly getting those that mix of those four original barrels that you're talking about. These we have to be very deliberate and work with the the distilleries direct to get them, and it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of fun. I go yeah. down to Kentucky usually twice a year and okay. build up relationships because yeah. these aren't paid partnerships. These yeah. aren't paid. You know, we we pay them for the barrels, for but the we barrels. don't pay to use their name or their logo. Uh, it's really just a relationship, and they know Goose Island is interested in the best barrels. So when they're getting ready to empty them. They call us up. And you go after them. Some of them are very interested in collaborating with you, which makes it even even better in the long run because then you got a real partner that's looking out for both their bourbon and the Bourbon County Stout, right? We, yeah, and that, that wasn't always the case. I'd say yeah, maybe 2015, before. 2016, we'd go down, we'd bring bottles. We didn't have a lot of these brand, uh, we didn't have the reserve series, so we just had original to bring maybe a barley wine. And we'd say, we're really interested in highlighting your brand specifically. And they looked at us like that we were crazy. Yeah. And we, in 2015, we did a rare with Heaven Hill. We used their logo and their, and their name. And from then on, we were able to kind of parlay that into doing a reserve. So we could take that previous year's bottle down to different producers and say, look what we did. They trusted us. Yeah, yeah. And you got to go to That's Whiskey you Fest. That. You go That's to Whiskey Fest, yeah. you go to the distilleries, and you just knock on a lot of doors, and you show them what you did, and you say, you know what? We're he- we're we're in the long game. We're not here to yeah. just do a smash and grab. We want to make sure we're really relationship building. Can I ask you this? How much does a barrel cost, like when you're buying from somebody, to average? It, it varies. It's, I'd say, uh, on the open market, they're a hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars okay. per okay. per barrel. Um, it's really important to get 
so if I say the term dump uh, in the beer world, that's a bad thing. That's some the bad the beer went bad and we dump it, you know, down the drain. Uh, the when they are emptying bourbon barrels to bottle bourbon, they say dump. So for them, it's just emptying to bottle. So barrels are being dumped in Kentucky all the time. Uh, and so it's our job to make sure that we know when they're dumped and yeah. that if they can't tell us when they were dumped, we don't, don't want it because it's it. a freshness thing. You, you were opening one of them up or one of your guys were, and, and I've seen this before and you're taking the wood and passing it around and what the aroma you're getting in the bourbon County stout is what you're getting in the wood. It conveys. I mean, yeah. you can, you can like you're saying, you can literally smell it. That wooden, you know, I, I can't remember how many pieces of wood it is, but it's, let's say it's like 45 different staves make up. A, a barrel and they you, it's fun going to a cooperage down there and seeing how they make the barrels more with goose island and bourbon county stout after the news next on 720 wgm we're talking to mike siegel chief innovation guy for goose island we're talking about this year's bourbon county stout i've only had two <laughs> so far they are big I beers though they're big beers so there. one of the one of the the themes so as we go through these different beers we we always like to reference back to original because it's the same recipe all six of these beers are the same recipe, meaning the, the malts, the hops, the brew house recipe. They go into different barrels. We're going to talk about adjuncts in a little bit. Um, and we just talked about Eagle Rare. The The next one in our reserve series, it's a it's a cask finish. Cask is, we use the First term time. cask. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, we use that synonymous with barrel because the term barrel is also a volume. So we don't really talk in gallons typically. Uh, at the brewery because we're making so much a, a barrel a u.s barrel is 31 gallons so you'll you okay. we'll talk about barrels uh as far as talking about volume so oftentimes we'll talk about a bourbon cask or a port cask so this one is a also aged for two years uh the, the total beer, and it's another collaboration partnership with Angel's Envy. Angel's Envy is a newer, I want to say they've been around for about 10 years, yeah. a newer One of my favorites, distillery. by the way, yeah. They finish, so they make bourbon, but they finish all the bourbon in port barrels from Portugal. Yeah. And that's really their, their twist Portugal. on it. Okay. And so we wanted to do, once we realized that, you know, we had a mutual um, appreciation for doing a project like this, we realized, okay, the one thing we can do to differentiate ourselves is age the beer in bourbon barrels, their bourbon barrels, but then finish it in port barrels. Amazing. So we actually went wow. to their broker, again, brokers where you're getting these barrels, in this case- oh, for the, por- In Portugal? Yeah, we okay. went to their their broker, again, they're sourcing port, uh, port barrels from Portugal, and we don't typically do that. We're, 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 we're sourcing bourbon barrels all the time, so we've got those connections. We don't, we've never done a non-whiskey barrel in the Bourbon County family. So this is the first time we've done that. So we took uh, not all the beer. So all the beer is aged in Angel's Envy bourbon barrels. So just want to be clear on that. Every wow. drop touched Angel's Envy bourbon, but about 60% of this beer was finished. So it went from bourbon barrel to port barrels. And again, freshly emptied port barrels. It takes a longer time for those port barrels to get here just in a container on the water, but what we're looking for is that port wine character, that I'm toasting more cherry character. Yeah. and cherry, a lot yeah. of cherry, mm-hmm. some spices maybe mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, yeah. And I think the 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 last thing, this one's the highest alcohol of the whole lineup, fifteen and a half percent. But 
port and a lot of wines of course wow, you know dark red wines have a lot of tannin as well okay though you'll hear the term structure when when wine enthusiasts are talking about that and that's just another lever we can pull tannins a, a mouthfeel that kind of sits on the palate and here's the other thing too you take the barrels too and there's other partners that you have that turn you know they, they're making maple syrup they're making cigars uh, up down mm-hmm. cigar always makes their bourbon amazing that you can barrel age a cigar (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you they're fabulous and i taste the flavor of the original Mm -hmm. in there i do yeah i'm a big cigar guy it comes through it's it does so with the angels envy again this one we've been working with them for about four years it took a couple years to kind of a couple of false starts to figure out how we're going to make this one really work but getting those port barrels from portugal and again you can taste it this is one of my favorite from this year's lineup it's just it that port comes through it's not overbearing it's not overpowering but it's certainly there the key with all of these is to make sure that that original bourbon county stout comes through still so again bourbon uh, aged one year and then the port yep. uh, barrels that's yep. amazing amazing all right what do we have next so this is where we transition to different types of variants and it's, yeah. it's really an execution path so going back to uh 2010 we started making variants of bourbon county stout coffee with intelligentsia vanilla right. we were using these we were basically uh, aging the beer and then adding what we call adjuncts to them so that just means a non-standard brewing ingredient coffee vanilla mm-hmm. you know cherries what have you so that started many years ago. Since then, we've done, between the barrel variants and the adjunct variants, we've done something like 70. Wow. And I've been around for most of them. I've, again, I've been around for 12 years at Goose Island, so I've been around for most of them, not some of those early ones. But 10 years ago, uh, 2013, we released a beer called Backyard Rye, uh, and it was a beloved beer. And we wanted to go back into the archive and not necessarily recreate it, but just kind of be re-inspired by that. So this one's called Backyard. It's not aged in rye whiskey barrels. It's aged in bourbon barrels. So it's aged for a year. This It's basically original, the first beer we tasted, and then finished with and blended with boysenberries, marionberries, and mulberries. And I'll give you a, a few descriptors. So uh, this beer was created by my old boss, Brett Porter. He lives, he, he lived in Oregon. And there's so much fruit grown in Oregon. And they, when you go out there, they talk about blackberries. They talk about varietals, not just blackberry, maybe. If you go to a, a grocery store here, you get blackberries. There, right. they talk about varietals. Marionberry and boysenberry are just varietals of blackberry. Uh, Marion's just a, a beautiful character of blackberry. And then boysenberry is actually a cross with raspberry. So if you get some blasber- raspberry notes and some, some blackberry notes in this, that's really by design it is one of my favorites this year it's one of my top three mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you what the other ones mm-hmm. are in a little bit but you know you did a one called i think was it uh, northwoods mm-hmm. that was still probably one of my favorite you've done it with earl gray tea mm-hmm. which is amazing so it's very creative and, I'm, and they're like can you really taste the tea in there i'm like i taste absolutely because yeah. you, you you make sure you work the ingredients to get to there we, to get we're, there we're, we're trying to get those Oftentimes, you know the the Kentucky Fog, which had their all great tea. Yes, that's yes. you know that's kind of leaning in a in a in a much different direction. Um, here, we're so I get blackberry when I taste original. It's and we talk about the vanillas and the caramels and the chocolates with original, but I get blackberry, I get cherry. So fruit really comes out th- with original. So here we're just highlighting those berry and fruit characters that are already there, bringing them out. And for me, the mulberry is. 
there's a, a personal connection because I, I grew up with a mulberry tree in my backyard. Ah, Love okay. the fruit. Okay. Uh, they're all over Chicagoland. Yes. You know, we, uh, you know, Humboldt Park, right? Where the, oh, yeah, uh, we were talking about that. Yeah, yeah right yeah. near where the barrel warehouse is. There's mulberry trees, beautiful mulberry trees uh, that they're all over. But you don't really see them commercially available that often. But it, to me, it's got familiar berry-like notes, but it's got a little bit more earthiness, almost a little, little bit of gaminess. I call it like the goat cheese of the berry fruit family. So it, it really takes us in a new direction and stretches the beer out. So these variants, how do we get there? Like, I know there's a lot of people that submit things, especially for the proprietors, which we'll get to at the end here. But mm-hmm. but everybody's involved in this, right? It's a whole company. This usually starts at the beginning of the year, and we're actually going to we'll start it in January. And we give people... A couple of lead, we put Bourbon County Stout on draft in the brewery, give people a couple of liter jars and say, go home, be inspired, create your own variant, go expend some ingredients. And the inspirations oftentimes and historically have been desserts or, yeah. or bourbon cocktails. Grandma's or, cookies or yeah, whatever. It's yeah, because it, those flavors are already there. You, we talk, we've been talking about the vanillas and the coconuts and the chocolates. And so... We have an internal competition. It used to be just the brewers, but we realized we're a whole company of beer lovers, and great ideas can come from anyone in the brewery. So an accountant could be making your beer right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, yeah. We, one of the variants last year uh, was created by someone in HR. So somebody who has nothing to do with making the beer but works at a brewery loves beer. So we really embrace this idea of ideas can come from everywhere uh, within the brewery. And so we'll have an internal competition. People will bring their jars in on a predetermined date and time, and we'll dedicate the whole day to it. And people line up. It'll be 30, 40 jars. It's and they'll just have a little note on it that I ask. And who's tasting? It's you, It's obviously. me. Yeah. We've got our what we call our key tasters, our okay. de- decision makers. And so it's a three-part process. It's usually uh, three different dates, three weeks apart. So we give written feedback. Again, I don't want to know who created it. I just want to know what that concept Love is. That. Yeah. Re- written feedback, get it back to the creators anonymously, and then they can make changes, come back for that second round, same thing, and then three weeks later, that third round. So it's over the course of like two months. We're, we're doing this feedback loop, and then we pick the variants from there. And it's really cool that when you go back to some of these proprietors, like you're going to taste something from 2014, 15, you might know in your head as you created it what it tasted like and when it was released. But mm-hmm. then as it ages... It has a different complexity to it sometimes. Yeah, and all of these beers, it's not always the case. All the beers this year, uh, we put a five-year best buy date on. Okay. And sometimes it's two years. Okay. And it's really just a determination of like, you know, how how well will this beer age? It's not even to say it'll go bad or or not after that period. It's how long will it hold that profile? How long will that beer taste it. like okay. it does today got it. within a reasonable variance? Got it. Got it. All right. We're, we're going to talk more. We've got two more to go. Uh, we're talking to Mike Siegel from Goose Island, and there's more with him next on 720 WGN. All right. We are talking Bourbon County Stout. It's released on Black Friday everywhere. Highly sought after. People still... um. Sleeping overnight, like Wednesday, Thursday night, Thanksgiving night to get in line first. They are. It's, you know, COVID changed a lot of things. There's still, um, so first and foremost, yes, right before 2019, the last year, uh, before the world changed, we had incredible lines at the the Big Binnies mm-hmm. across the street from Clybourne. And, you know, lines literally around the block. 
COVID, of course, just like everything else, forced uh, all businesses to rethink how things are done. And what started happening during that period is that the lineup, when I say the lineup in Chicago, it's all six of these beers, is sold as one package. So you pay right. one price, you get sure. yeah. you get all the beers, you buy it in advance, and then you just come pick it up. Yeah. So you don't have to wait in line sure. per se. I, I can't speak. I think some, uh, I, I believe like Jewel still doesn't do that. They, they really like people to come to the store and buy it at the store. So every retailer does it. Again, we're not selling, other than Prop Day, mm-hmm. uh, we're not selling these beers uh, really direct. It's done by our retail partners. So we we give them our advice, and but ultimately it's up to them. Prop day is like um, it's a it's an annual tradition. It happens week week two two weeks before um, yeah. it, the release date, and it's a lottery. I mean, you got to get in there and, and make sure you yeah. get your number in there, and then you get the full set. And you're for about three, four, five hours. You're outside sampling. Yeah, there, there's draft stations all over, of course, pu- pouring all the different... It's going to be uh, nice tomorrow, by the way. It's yeah. going to be very... It is. It's going to yeah. be a 50s, thank yeah. God. Yeah. So it's um, it's glorious. Um, it's it's people just really celebrating. It's usually pretty cold. Uh, I think it will be again. And so... But people are warming themselves with these beautiful beers and, you know, with their mittens and, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll have some fires burning. It's a thing. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. So sure. uh, the next beer yes. is the Bananas Foster. This is another one where we decided, and we had a lot of conversations about this, is going back into the archive. And by that, I mean beers, beer concepts that we've made previously. So Bananas Foster, uh, this general idea, where again, we're not trying to recreate beers from the past, but kind of reimagine uh, them that profile the 2017 proprietors so the chicago only proprietors was this same combination of ingredients it's banana almond cinnamon and again in a matrix of beer that's already all three very, that you, the aroma you can yeah. you, and that also the taste you you taste all three yeah it's it really is this beautiful kind of dessert beer yeah and, and banana works really well with uh, the chocolate works really well with the almond. And then that cinnamon is there as, you know, and I'm a lover of cinnamon. It's just that, that, that it kind of brings everything together. I really love how it makes everything sing here. It accentuates everything. There's always two or three that are more dessert-ish. Like, yeah. Like if you're going to pour something and then you're watching a game in the middle of the afternoon, you'll, you'll get maybe the, the, uh, the two year, you're going to do the, uh, the original, but, if you're really doing it at night and you're having a nice dinner and you're going to pair it with something, there's always two or three. You know, there's. I love them all. I really do. Um, but the, you're absolutely right. There's different approaches with these. The barrel variants are, are really for people, you know, either for bourbon lovers, certainly for bourbon kind of stout lovers, people that are really interested in, in changing up. I say we're pulling levers, whether it's time in the barrel or sourcing different whiskey barrels. These ones, these adjunct variants, are tend to be, yeah, inspired a little bit more by those desserts, and they've got some sweeter flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just love them. I love them. They, you don't need to pair them with anything. People absolutely yeah, do. They, they this do. will be paired with Bananas Fosters. You don't <laughs> so need to do that. They <laughs> yeah. stand alone. But, they do. of course, that's that's something that people love to do. I was going to say, it is dessert. It is it, dessert. It, it, it is, is dessert. I always say sure. it's dessert in a glass. Um, you know, they're, they're lovely beers this time of year. Um, day after Thanksgiving, people are ready to, you know, it's mm-hmm. cold. They're ready. They're sitting by the fire, uh, maybe even sitting outside on the back patio with a fire, you know, just sipping on these beers. 
I would say Thanksgiving night, I'd go downstate, and after hosting, I, I will host the morning show. So I'll do six to nine, a little shorter. Run like a, a 5K turkey trot. Drive three you. hours south. Well, there's a Bloody Mary bar on the <laughs> yeah, way. That, yeah. I stopped for a little bit. And then drive two and a half hours, three hours south to play football. And then we eat. And then by nighttime, yeah, I'm ready for one of these. And I usually bring last year's yeah, and some yeah. cigars and yeah. just go hang out in the backyard. They're lovely. Tradition. It's, yeah. And it's, I've got the same with my family. We'll, we'll crack these bottles open. And uh, it's a great tradition. Proprietors. Explain to folks what proprietors means. And it's only available in Chicago. It's only Chicago. This is the 10-year anniversary. Uh, so 2013 really? was mm, the first okay. proprietors. The reason for that, the reason why it's Chicago only is... Uh, Bourbon County Stout, again, been bottled since 2005, and, and it was always very limited. So, we, of course, Chicago got the most, and then we started as Goose Island was growing during that period from 2005 to 2012, let's say. We were, we'd gone national as a brewery. We wanted to get more of this beer out to our different uh, national partners, national wholesalers and retailers. And so Chicago got less, got a lot less. And honestly, people were a little bit angry. Like, yeah. where's our Bourbon County Stout? I remember yeah. talking to retailers. And so this we, is for you. We made a big effort yeah. not only to get more original back to Chicago those next few years, but we said, you know what? We're going to do a Chicago-only variant that'll never leave Chicago. It's just for you. So that's every year it's different. It goes through that same process that we talked about, the blind tastings and the concepts. The concept for this one, because, uh, again, the last one was called Bananas Foster, so you can kind of get an idea what it's going to taste like. This one's just called officially proprietors, and we list the ingredients on the side of the, the box that it comes in. The inspiration, the concept, is rice pudding. And I, th- I found that a really interesting concept because for me personally, and I've heard different people's takes on it, I didn't have a real strong association or expectation with rice pudding. I don't, maybe I'd had it before, but it, I really just it didn't have a flavor memory. Yeah. But as soon as I smelled and tasted this, I realized there's so much familiar here. I don't, it doesn't matter if I'm, if, if I know what rice pudding is or should taste like, it's that it's an almond toasted rice. There's raisins, there's cinnamon, just like in the last one, but in a different ratio, and then brown sugar and vanilla. And all that comes together, I think the brown sugar and the vanilla bring out this very, I've been calling it very custardy note. I say very culvers. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I taste that vanilla custard mm-hmm. and, and the brown sugar. Mm-hmm. For sure, the brown sugar. Yeah. Yeah. The brown sugar brings that molasses like, there's a sweetness, of course, but there's a molasses like note, almost like a creme brulee, like a caramelized sugar, like caramelized vanilla and sugar. It brings things out of the beer. Yeah. It does some of these things. And the raisins are there. Uh, it's it's we've never used raisins before so we used figs last year dried figs so it's got some of that kind of dried fruit character i mentioned going back to original that there's dried fruit characters in the original beer so for the most part we're bringing out characters that are already there really really fun this one's getting so much praise we've done media tastings you were you were part of it and just people people are loving this and it's very exciting again chicago only we want to do something for just chicago of course people pick them up and yeah you know immediately mail them out to their friends across the country whatnot but (laughs) as far as what we can control it just goes to chicago got it um you know when you're looking at all these and i don't want to ask you know it's like asking who your favorite child Mm -hmm. is what is your favorite but what uh, a variant of this surprised you the most. Like at the end of the day, you're like, 
wasn't sure what to expect, and it's really fabulous. Definitely the Angel's Envy. Okay. Because port barrels, again, we've never used yeah, a right, non-whiskey right. barrel in right. the bourbon. We've used uh, rum and tequila and sherry and brandy. Not in Bourbon County style, but other projects. So we're familiar with different types of barrels, and we've used, we've used wine barrels uh, right. and even port barrels uh, in you know at different points. But this was this is obviously one of our our most important brand. I'll just come out and say it, and a beer that you know we 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 want to take some chances on. But this was a big chance, and couldn't be happy with how it turned out. And people yeah. are loving it as well. Now, before this year, let's go back a little bit. And if you had to pick one, if somebody offered you to have one sit down at your last Bourbon County Stout on this planet, planet was going, would, what would it be? You know, it'd have to be original. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, you could ask me the same question as what variant, but if it, if, it, if original's on the table, it has to be original because that's that's the one that wow. started it all, and that's the most important beer we make every year because, as I mentioned, it feeds into all these. All these are the same brew house recipe, the same, you know, it, there's there's an element to it that is consistent, and so original just has to be the best beer every single year, and then all these riff off of it. I love that. Bourbon County Stout released Black Friday. Goose Island Senior Innovation Manager Mike Siegel. Always a blast doing this. Love this tradition. It's like sitting down and having Thanksgiving with the family. I love doing this with you, Thank you for having me, Dave. Absolutely. My pleasure. Take care. All right. That is it for us. Top stories from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom are next here on 720 WGN.